Chapter Nine of the Garden of Folly by Stephen Leacock. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: My Unposted Correspondence. It is an old adage that second thoughts are best. This is especially true when second thoughts are fortified by the inertia of a lazy disposition averse to trouble like many other people i find myself constantly impelled to write letters upon sudden impulse or at least to frame them in my mind but whether written or only framed a much more agreeable process somehow they never get posted these letters are addressed for example to the directors of theatres to tell them that their place is a fire-trap and that i for one never propose to enter it again and that therefore such poor profit as they are able to make must henceforth be made without me but on second thoughts after all what if the place is a fire-trap why bother let the other people burn and anyway i rather think they are to have a musical review there the week after next which i might like to see better chance it another set of letters are framed to the immigration authorities in the united states to tell them that i cannot consent to this everlasting questioning at the border if the thing persists i tell them frankly i must stop coming and going into their country indeed i find that this is the general view of people of both nations who come and go across the canadian border i have listened to conversations in the smoking end of the pullman car which would make the president of the united states shake in his shoes once or twice i have almost written a strong letter nothing stopped me except the fear that they might take me at my word and keep me out but at other times the letters are not only framed but all written and signed and only held back through the momentary difficulty of finding an envelope witness this example letter of protest to the light heat and power company sirs your account for forty one dollars and eighty five cents just received this morning convinces me you are a pack of robbers this bill which professes to represent an unpaid account for three months is incorrect i paid you before i know i did the mere fact that i have got no receipt or anything of that sort is neither here nor there i know i paid you because i have a distinct feeling that i have paid you this is a feeling which you ought to respect my wife also remembers distinctly that she paid your collection man or at any rate a collection man at the door and anyway look at the account itself it is absolutely preposterous six dollars for cooking gas in one month it cannot be we live plainly and by heaven you couldn't use six dollars worth of heat on all that we eat in a month if you tried then look at this charge for electric lighting what is all this stuff about kilowatts i never had any kilowatts from you and you have charged me apparently for thousands of them my strong conviction is that man of yours who reads the meter is a hired scoundrel in any case let me tell you this quite firmly i will not pay this bill if need be i will go to prison for it for ten years but i won't pay remember also that you cannot tyrannize over me as easily as you think i have powerful friends i know the cashier in one of our biggest banks and a friend of mine knows the mayor quite intimately and calls him charlie you may find that if you lay a hand on me you are up against a body of public opinion that will shipwreck your company yours savagely by the time this letter has been written and my wife has made a copy of it so that when legal proceedings begin we can read it out to the whole court 
it is dinner time and too late to bother to post the letter in addition to which there don't seem to be any envelopes in the whole blessed house after dinner i forget about it and next morning when i see the letter lying on my table i begin to have doubts about the whole thing after all what's the good of a lot of fuss the light company are scoundrels but the way to deal with scoundrels is to be broad-minded furthermore are they scoundrels i'm not so sure on reflection that the collector was theirs after all i seem to remember that he was collecting for the home for the blind and that big charge for the gas might be connected in a way with our having left the cooking stove burning all night once or twice by accident and after all i have no receipts oh pshaw let the thing go the company if they only knew it have had a mighty narrow escape after this i will keep receipts check the meter myself lie in wait for them and then when they least think of it overwhelm with an action for criminal conspiracy but meanwhile let it go here is the letter which i actually posted the light heat and power company dear sirs enclosed with apologies my check for forty one dollars and eighty five cents yours sincerely i suppose there are people in the company's office who open letters like that every month without realizing the wealth of invective that lies behind them let me turn to a similar example letter to the head office of the railway company in regard to the loss of my umbrella here is a letter which speaks for itself i have written it at least twenty times so has everybody but i have never yet posted it nevertheless let the railway company be careful the letter runs thus dear sirs i write to the head office of your company because i have failed to get plain simple justice from any of your hired officials last week i left my umbrella in one of your pullman cars the name of the car i regret to say i cannot remember but it was either belgravia or ashdown or some name of that sort the names of all your cars i may say sound alike to me and anyway you cannot expect me to remember them very good i left my umbrella in this car i want it back it is not the value of the umbrella that i care about what i really mean is that it's not the value of it but the price of it the thing concerned is matter of general principle and when you hit me on a general principle you hit me where i live it will be not at all difficult for you to locate my umbrella as it was left on the car between new york and boston one day early last week up to the present time i have been unable to get any satisfaction whatever from your officials i have been told that your district superintendent in new york is carrying an umbrella that is either mine or somebody's may i add in conclusion that if i do not receive prompt satisfaction in this matter i shall refer it to my solicitor i am yours sir etc etc please note the very firm and decisive ending of this letter to the railway company i am sure that had it been sent they would have been compelled to take action it was only prevented being sent by my finding my umbrella under the hall table another impulse from which often springs my unposted correspondence is an access of sudden philanthropy every time i hear that ten thousand chinese have been drowned in a flood of the wang ho river i dash off a letter with a check in it for fifty dollars and the signature friend of china but before it is posted i recall the fact that after all there are a terrible lot of chinamen in the world four billion is it or is that the issue of german marks per day anyway there are so many that if they don't get drowned what are they to do 
better wait for the next flood anyway so the letter is never sent but second thoughts dull the edge of philanthropy every time indeed sometimes the current of good deeds gets turned from its channel in the very process of giving as witness this letter of a type that i am sure is quite familiar sudden access of philanthropy after hearing a missionary appeal the rev john jungle talk dear sir enclosed please find my check for a hundred dollars one hundred dollars you do not know me but i listened sir this morning to your sermon on behalf of the tabloid negroes of tanganyika i do not quite grasp where those negroes live but your account of their condition has touched me to the quick i am immensely moved by that story of yours about the old negro woman who wanted to hear a gramophone before she died or to die after hearing a gramophone i forget for the moment which these people you told us of are in a deplorable condition they are without bibles they have no books no soap no hot water i think you said hot water in fact they are in a bad way and on the top of all this i gather that unscrupulous traders have come into the country and are selling rum and whiskey to the natives for a few cents a bottle this is terrible in fact sir i find that as i write this letter i am inclined instead of sending you the hundred dollars to offer the higher sacrifice of personal service i gather that you are to sail in a few weeks time going from here to san francisco and there by steamer to wherever it is that the tabloid negroes live i am more than half inclined to come along if you can collect enough money for the two of us i will gladly do so meantime i will hold back the check of which i spoke very sincerely in the spirit uh, p s that whisky you spoke of is it scotch or irish i might have included above the letters which i don't write about the scorching of motors along my street the other streets matter less letters complaining that there are too many flag days letters on daylight saving street cleaning fly killing the league of nations in fact it's endless End of chapter 9